All right, so I want to talk, um, we're in the letters of John. It's a series in the letters of John. John who wrote the Gospel of John. John who wrote the book of Revelation also wrote some letters. And so we're in the middle of those, or at least at the beginning of that first book in the middle. So we're excited about this. It has a lot to say about life today, our lives today. So I've entitled this, Life Wins. Life Wins. Think about that. Light is a metaphor for true, abundant life. Life is a metaphor. Light is a metaphor for life. It is eternal in that it is an essential part of the nature of God. God is light. God dwells in unapproachable light. He is light. And that light also imparts life under the right circumstances. This light is what comes to us through Jesus. And it's through Jesus that we have life, a forever life. It begins when we embrace Yeshua, Jesus, as our Lord and our Savior. And that life that begins there never, ever ends. So we're going to jump in and look at some of these transformational ideas that John gives to us in his letter. John wrote in his gospel, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God, right? John writes some very similar things in his letters. It's part of the theme, the heartbeat of what moves in John's life. Light dispels darkness. 1 John chapter 1 and verse 5. Now, this is the message we have heard from him and announced to you, that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. Now, light and darkness are metaphors again. John is trying to communicate through the figures of speech that he's employing. Light and darkness are metaphors for truth and falsehoods, clarity and confusion, order and and chaos. God originates reality. He is the one that has ordered the universe, the creation itself. He is the God of all truth. In Him, we can have an accurate and true perspective of what's real. And everything else is false, is untrue will lead to disorder and chaos. If we're going to seek the truth, our lens for finding it has to be the Word of God. It's only there that we have objective data in order to discern whether or not we understand the truth. Now, the serpent on the other end of the spectrum, he questions, he twists, and he distorts the truth, and thus reality. Remember creation, the creation of Adam and Eve? Remember when he comes to them in the garden? First thing he does is he gets them to question the word of God. He starts with them just questioning the word, and then he twists it to mean something other than what God intended. And this is how the serpent works. He originates lies and deception, he brings about confusion that leads to chaos. And in that chaos, misery is born, leading to death. That's his world. That's his agenda. That's his agenda. 
Now, mankind chose to embrace the lie and fell into confusion and chaos, misery and death. But God so loved the world. Don't you love that? I love that phrase. God so loved the world. It says it all, right? He's not angry with the world. God is not angry. God's in love with the world. For God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten son, that believing in him, we would not perish, but have life and life everlasting. Yeah, so God sent his son. He called him the light. God sent his light, if you will, to expose the lies and the deception and the confusion so that we could once again have the opportunity to choose what is right and good, to choose what will bring about life. So, I want to read out of John's Gospel. This is where it all begins. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and apart from Him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In Him, verse 4, in Him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. The world had sunk so low into the darkness of lies and deception, it couldn't even recognize the light of Jesus. Didn't realize who Jesus was. Jesus came to dispel the darkness. Verse 6, there came a man sent from God, whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light, so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. This use of light as a metaphor also extends to the idea of revelation. You know, if you're in a room that's dark, you can't see what's in the room. If you turn on the light, you can now see what's in the room. What is in the room and unseen is now revealed by the light. For John, Jesus is the light. He's the one who reveals what is true. He reveals the Father and the Father's plan to save the world. Outside of Jesus, there is no revelation of these things. Outside of Jesus is only darkness, where we stumble around confused, being led into miserable places, and ultimately death itself. Jesus is the light and life of God. Verse 9, there was the true light, which coming into the world enlightens every man. There's the true light because the enemy also sends his own dressed up as beings of light who are not the light, right? Trying to compete with the light. But the true light comes into the world. It enlightens every human being. Think about that for a moment. Basically, what that's saying is this, that every human being will have an encounter with Jesus. Every human being. God so loved the world. He makes that available to every human being. And based on every human being's choice, whether they actualize the choice or not, not, he knows the choice. I say that because of the abortion dilemma. 63 million people were robbed of the choice for or against Jesus. But God, being all-knowing, knows their choice 
whether they made it or not. God knows what their choice would have been. See, everyone's going to have an encounter with Jesus, and based on that encounter, they're going to be judged for all eternity. And the heart of God is this, choose my son, choose the light, choose life, because I'm in love with you. And I've got something so beautiful and so uh, 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 extensive, it'll take an entire eternity to explore and enjoy. Come to me, embrace the light, hug my son and hold him tight. And I'll cause you to be born again, sons and daughters of the light. He was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. He came to his own and those who were his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. He goes on to say, and the word who was in the beginning with God and is God, the word who is the light of God became flesh and dwelt among us. We saw his glory. The glory is of the only begotten from the father, full of grace and truth. John testified about him and cried out saying, this is he of whom it is said, he who comes after me has a higher rank than I, for I, for I, than I, for he existed before me. For of his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten God, Jesus, who is in the bosom of the Father, he has revealed him. He has explained him. Again, John says, Jesus is the revelation of the Father. No one can know the Father except through him. The Father has hemmed it up, closed it up, sealed it in his Son. To know the Son is to know the Father. To have the Son is to have the Father. John goes on to say, we'll look at this in a couple of weeks. He who has the Son has life. He who has not the Son has no life. This is the glory of Jesus. In summary, Jesus is the light of God. That's why we call him the light of the world. The only one who has come to reveal who God is. In him, we become the children of God. I.e., we become the children of light. We are light bearers. The glory of God, the light of God resides in us. And we're not called to hide it. PC is from hell. We're not called to be politically correct. We're called to be bearers of the light to bring truth into every arena, to every topic, every subject, every discussion, but to do that with humility and gentleness. Okay? Speak the truth, but do that with humility and gentleness. And make sure you're wearing a helmet because they're going to throw rocks at you. <laughs> but that's our calling. 1 John 1, 6, if we say we have fellowship with him and keep walking in the darkness, we are lying and we do not practice the truth. We cannot say we are in relationship with the light when we choose to go on living in the darkness. Light and darkness are opposites. There's no fellowship there. Truth and falsehoods have no relationship. Clarity and confusion at the ends of the spectrum. 
different ends. Order and chaos, opposites. Life and death, opposites. The apostle here is implying that true relationship with Jesus is always vindicated by a changed life. If there is no change, it is because we have no light in us. America. America has many problems today. In my humble opinion, far deeper problems in this past 50 to 60 years than in any other time in our history. Many say that America is hopelessly lost and irredeemable. That's the mantra today. But yesterday morning, there was a bright, shining burst of light that radiated from the District of Columbia. It was like a blinding bolt of lightning followed by the thundering claps of celebration and protest around the world. Think about this. 49 years ago, our Supreme Court ruled in favor of legalizing abortion, the killing of human beings in the womb on the federal level. The pale ashen box of death was opened and 60 plus million children would be terrorized and slaughtered in what would have been the safest or what should have been the safest space of their existence, their mother's womb. Once again, human life was held cheaply in the United States. And this disregard for the sanctity of life led to many other social ills. And this is why many say it is hopeless for our nation to rise again. But yesterday, but yesterday, the second time a shot was heard around the world. The first one was the spark of the revolution. I believe this one will also be a spark of revival around the world. You see, yesterday the world was blinded by the light and heard the deafening crack of lightning as the highest judges in the greatest nation in the world stated, quote, the Constitution does not confer a right to abortion. Roe and Casey are overruled. And the authority to regulate abortion is returned to the people and their elected representatives. One person, journalist, said, Roe versus Wade was aborted. I thought that's ironic. That sounds like poetic justice to me, if you think about it, right? See, this is a historic win for the rule of law. It's a win for the people. It's a win for life. 49 years and six months ago, they made it a federal right to kill children in the womb. And that now has been struck down. Life wins. Life is the gift of God. Life comes from Jesus and is offered to every human being. Jesus said it well 
in John 10.10 10, when he said, The thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. But I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. You see, it's a divine right that all humans should have. I, 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 they, they actually have it, and all governments should protect it. This, this right to life comes from God, because God is life. He has willed that we would all have life. He has clearly stated that we have this right as image bearers to life. See, it's a matter of status. Life in the womb is the image of God. It carries the status of the image of God. It's as sacred and as whole as it is 60 years out of the womb. It's the image of God. And we have this right. And under our declaration of independence, we call forth for our government by our consent is given the responsibility to protect that right for all human beings. Again, the serpent is the killer. He's the destroyer of life. Thinking of Rocky Balboa. How many people saw the original Rocky? Ah, okay, yeah. Sorry. The younger generation needs to go watch that. Thus saith the pastor. Okay, so, Rocky Balboa, 12 rounds, beaten every round, senselessly. I mean, it's a bloodbath by the end. He is just done. Round after round after round. Even at the end, when he's down on the canvas and being counted out, his own ring, his own ring team in the corner, they're like, stay down, stay. He's trying, he's struggling, trying to get up. They're like, stay down, stay down. Somehow he climbs to his feet, stands up again. The guy comes rushing over and out of nowhere, he finally lands a good solid punch and drops his opponent flat on his back. And everyone is shocked. It's shock and awe, right? I mean, oh my gosh, everything changes in an instant. Instead of 12 rounds, we've been in almost 50. Yeah, 49 years of taking a beating. 49 years of a bloodbath. And just when everyone was saying, it's over for America, her ideals her mission and vision, all of a sudden in the middle of the 49th round, it's been 49 years and six months in the middle of the 49th round, we finally landed a blow by the grace of God that put our opponent flat on his back and the world, not just the United States, the world, the world itself is in shock and reeling like a drunkard. Even we're in shock. Even when we're in shock, right? How'd that happen? All praise and glory to our King. Life wins. Life is indestructible. You cannot overthrow the will of God for His people. The 50th year begins in six months. 
And I believe it's going to mark our jubilee year in this fight. We'll proclaim in our 50th year liberty throughout the land for the innocent and the vulnerable in the wombs of their mothers. This is the first step, a gigantic turnaround in our battle. And I predict we will win because life wins. Because God is taking up the battle and he will have his day. So I'm excited about America. I'm excited about the grace of God in and through her and what he wants to do through her. And of course, life and death. Deeply complicated matters, especially regarding pregnancy. However, the lie of God reveals that life is sacred above all else. God tells us to choose life. Death is not the answer, let alone the solution. It doesn't bring any healing. It only complicates and deepens the trauma of an unwanted pregnancy for those who have a conscience. Yesterday represents a new beginning in the USA. There is hope once again. And where there is hope, there is life. And where there is life, there is blessing, purpose, and meaning. Let's pray that our federal government will shift their funding of abortion mills to pregnancy centers, adoption agencies, and resources for single moms who are choosing life for the little human body within their body. Let's choose life. Let's fund life. There's no condemnation here. Jesus didn't come to condemn anyone. Jesus came to save and to heal and to deliver us that we might experience life and life abundant. First John chapter 1 and verse 6. If we say we have fellowship with him and we keep walking in darkness, we are lying and do not practice the truth. Let's free ourselves from the darkness. Let's step into the light and receive the forgiveness of God and the healing of God to receive a new beginning with God. Verse 7, but if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of his son Yeshua purifies us from all sin. Think about that for a moment. The blood of Yeshua, another way to say that is the life of Yeshua. The blood doesn't atone. In the Torah, it says that the blood carries the life, and it's the life that atones. So when we say the blood of Jesus, we're talking about the life of Jesus that was given on our behalf, right? It's the life of Jesus that cleanses us from all sin, guilt, and shame. Look at the beauty of this passage, Psalm 32, 1 through 3. How happy is the one whose wrongs are forgiven, whose sin is hidden from sight. How happy is the person whose sin the eternal will not take into account. How happy are those who no longer lie to themselves or others. Think of abortion. You know, I, don't th- I can't think of any other sin that has quite this depth of, 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 of shame associated with it. When you take an innocent life, it's one of the highest sins that we have recorded in the Bible. It's called blood guiltiness. And it lingers, it holds, it destroys life. 
how will we free ourselves from what we've participated in as a nation, as people? It's the blood of Jesus. It can free us from all of this. It can free uh, a woman, a man, from the guilt and shame of taking life in the womb. So cleansed and so free that the sin is removed as far as the east is from the west. Oh, this is what people really need. This is what they're desiring. Again, Jesus didn't come to condemn. He came to forgive us, cleanse us, and give us life. We can turn to him for the guilt and the shame that has taken this nation so far down. So, cleansing begins with confessing. John 1.8 says, If we say we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. For those that are involved in abortion and they say, no, 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 it's not a sin. No, this is not, this is not wrong. Actually, it's good. Yeah, they're deceiving themselves. They don't have the truth. They're living in darkness and the misery and the death that will ensue them, they will not escape. But if we confess our sins, verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Not only can he forgive us and release us from our guilt, he can cleanse us. He can cleanse us from what our sins have brought into our souls. That is an amazing gift of God. Let's free ourselves from the slavery and the torment of blood guiltiness once and for all. Let's confess that we have cheapened the beauty and sanctity of sexuality. We have tried to cover it up by killing the lives we produced through sex. Our hands are stained with blood. We are guilty. We are ashamed as a nation. We repent. Forgive us, O Lord. Forgive us in Jesus' name. Cleanse us. Give us a new beginning. Send revival. Heal our hearts. Heal our minds. And give us a new beginning free from our guilt and our shame. Renew us in Jesus' name.